0: And these experiences that you have of mirrors and these difficult relationships give you access to parts of yourself. But I, I think that what we don't acknowledge enough is just how excruciatingly painful those experiences are in the moment and in the, this human reality. Well, I just had to go through that with this other person, especially when it involves people that you love in intimate relationships. You know, there's a, yeah. the, the wounds
1: are deep. And they're hard to journey through. Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, your nurturing warrior guide through the darkness. What if you could change your life by changing your mindset? Learn about the power of the human design system to help you do just that. Human design tools is a powerful self-discovery tool for shifting from being stuck in the web of lies from the narcissist to living fully into your authentic expression. It is a chart that combines astrology, Kabbalah, I Ching, the chakras, and the science of neutrinos to understand your unique energy map. This is episode 117, How the Human Design System Can Heal from Narcissistic Abuse, with our guest, Holly Marie. Holly is a spiritual teacher activating people into success and breakthrough. She's a manifester as a human design type. She's the founder and facilitator of the Manifestor Community, an online teaching community that's specifically for manifestors that is home to 12,000 plus manifestors. As a certified trauma-informed life and success coach, Holly brings teachings to draw people from struggling to succeed into unexpected ways of experiencing a power through the reclamation of their own energy. If you really enjoyed her and our conversation, then you can find her on Instagram at the manifestor community and listen to her podcast, Hunting for Purpose Podcast. Also, you can find her at thehollymarie.com. Just a reminder, this episode is for educational purposes only, and it is not a substitute for professional therapy. Without further ado, let's dive into the conversation. Hello, Holly. It's so good to meet you. Hi. Thank you, Raven. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so happy to have you here. For all of you listeners who haven't heard about human design, we're going to touch on that today. What is it and how it can help you find your life's purpose? I used to talk about it all the time last year, and it's just been something I've just been inundated with all this like narcissism topics, which are really needed right now. So I've been really focusing on that healing. And you said yourself, you have a bit of experience with that and trauma as you Absolutely. are a certified trauma-informed life coach. So, yeah, tell us tell us a bit about your journey and your experience. Oh,
0: all of the things, all of the things.
1: Well, the work that I currently <laughs> do, I know, right?
0: <laughs> it's a big open playing field. The work that I currently do is as a human design teacher. So I'm a certified human design and gene keys teacher. And um, for those who know anything about human design, from listening to your podcast or from just generally being in their space, There is an energy type of people within human design called manifestors and I specialize in manifestors. So I am a manifestor myself. I facilitate a community of manifestors, um, which is pretty wild and weird. And we're only 9% of the population. And we certainly have some very unique experiences and some patterns of trauma and wounding ourselves that are just unique to our energy type, but Hmm. the wider story from all of that is that I've been in business for a very long time. I used to own a cafe and events business for many years and then eventually moved over into the online space and I've always been fascinated I mean going back even further than that I was a registered nurse I don't mm. it, it was a bit of a, a weird leap like going from nursing into <laughs> business that's a whole <laughs> story in itself but I've always been really fascinated by this junction of. The human experience, right? And we have an emotional and an energetic experience as humans. And how does that interplay with this very kind of structural mechanical vehicle of business? Because Mm. that's what a lot of people are discovering now as we're getting this huge flood into the business space after the pandemic for the last couple of years. I think people are really discovering that there is a much deeper fusion between their wounds their traumas, their emotions, their belief systems, and how that plays out in their business than really what we've ever identified before. I mean, we just have a plethora of entrepreneurs now kind of creating their own niches and and building their own paths. And I think a lot of people are very quickly realizing I I can't move that path forward unless I see myself and heal myself and that's going to have a direct impact on my success and and
1: my income and my growth in this space right absolutely and that's that is the thing as far as what I found is when I tried to better my business years back when I first left and I left my relationship it all of a sudden became this like self-healing spiritual journey I'm like I just wanted to make more money and like get more clients and all of a sudden I'm diving deep into this rabbit hole of the spiritual world which kind of got me into trouble a bit but then I'm so grateful for everything I've learned and discovering human design yeah it's really been a clarity spot for me. Hey Empath just wanted to take a quick break and read to you an excerpt from my book. To all you empaths out there chasing fake love, the trick in breaking that pain cycle is to stop chasing and start fostering love for your own self. Grab my book or listen to it on Audible. It's called Empath and the Narcissist. It's a healing guide on how to overcome narcissistic abuse, recover from PTSD, codependency, and gaslighting manipulation. Now back to the show.
0: Yeah. I think the beauty of a system like human design and I think that there are many systems and many languages that can give us different lenses into ourselves which is so important. So human yeah. design is certainly not the only way to approach it, but I find that human design is picking up a lot of relevance to people now because it's very structural language. It's it kind of creates these access points into yourself that are very easy to see with a lot Mm -hmm. of clarity and and that's certainly what people are craving
1: yeah yeah I found I wanted to ask you a bit about the centers because what I'm finding okay like I'm not certified human design at all I did a whole bunch of my own self-studying I read as many of my family and friends charts and colleagues to kind of just practice reading the charts but what I'm finding is the limited information that I have it's like you look at one center. Let's say, for instance, the throat center. Someone with a white, undefined—it's actually technically open, not undefined—center has certain traits that someone with a defined might have. Like I'm like, oh, you know, like you do that—that that horrible thing. We start like when you're learning, like labeling people. Like, oh, you have an open throat. They're like, actually, no, I have a defined throat. And I'm like, oh, that seems very contradictory. I don't know what I'm missing here to piece the puzzle. Yeah, so there's something there that I'm missing. Yeah, for sure. I I think it's because it's energetics. I mean,
0: everything in human design is about energetics and it's just different aspects of energetics that you're looking at within the body graph. The energy centers, so there's nine energy centers based originally on the chakra system. So seven chakras, human design split two of those chakras out. So it's made it into nine energy centers, which gives it a little bit more specificity, I find, for myself. Because your center can be open, completely open. It can be undefined. So it has a little bit of familiar energy in there, or it can be defined, which means it's very familiar. It's repetitive. It's, you know, almost cyclical in the way that it moves. But it's all the same energy because it's all under the same thing. It just shows up in slightly different shade and slightly different nuances. And I think what's challenging... For a lot of us, and you've represented that so beautifully, is that we can have conditioning in an open or an undefined center, the patterns of behavior that are conditioned that we've been hurt from in the past and we've experienced difficulty with that. So we create conditioned behavioral patterns that help us get through that. But in a defined center, we can also have shadow, right? So shadow being the flip side of that powerful energy and shadow and conditioning are remarkably similar they're very very similar things and so usually that's what you pick up on people around you or even within yourself like oh no i i, I don't have conditioning here i'm totally fine because it's a defined setup well when there's the shadow there it is <laughs>
1: Just like, right okay. there and reveal itself. Yep, yes yes <laughs> that <laughs> is true yeah and i think Maybe it's because people are trying to share the information so fast and they're blogging and doing YouTube videos. Like it oversimplifies a lot of it. And for me, when I was listening to Ra Uruhu, I was like, I don't know what you're saying. Like he would talk about something, he described, I'm like, You're somewhere else. Like I can't comprehend what you're saying. So yeah, I was like, I was a bit lost in the dark. And so I, I just kind of dropped it. And I'm like, well, I'll just continue and focus on astrology, which I love too. And I I love this concept of energetics. Like you try and analyze people with whatever chart, Enneagram, all this stuff. But just like the narcissist or toxic person, if you're operating or they're operating in their shadow, they're not going to really truly present like the true essence of that energy properly to you. So it's going to almost be even more confusing trying to psychoanalyze them (laughs) through their charts. Oh, yeah, I think... (laughs) the world would be
0: just significantly easier if everyone was simple and straightforward, right? But we're we're all energetic beings having this kind of weird, funky human experience. And even within something like human design, we can have two people with almost identical designs who present completely differently.
1: Ooh, like twins. Do you have experience as yes. twins? Oh absolutely. So absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes. And and because they interact with the world differently and they filter things differently and they experience both growth and expansion and wounds differently. It creates a different person. So I think on one hand, it makes humanity confusing. And on the other hand, it shows us the rainbow. There's a spectrum where all of us are complex and all of us are nuanced.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's so much potentiality and open spaces for us to grow and choose you know continue to wind our path left or right do we continue to grow and start to really learn how to put boundaries or do we just continue to stay in this loop when we all have the timing and the journey yeah and we choose it's unique yeah absolutely absolutely yeah and some people will stay in
0: the loop forever and that's that's their journey right unfortunately that's journey. yes
1: yeah. yes and then we just say adieu to them yeah so talking about people yes sayonara, talking about people looping what experiences have you had like what brought you to this trauma informed life coaching look i think
0: that i always kind of circled around the the healing space. I had a a very traumatic childhood myself, and and significant abuse. Which for many many years was, there was no capacity available to me to deal with that. Mm. It was certainly survival. I I had difficulties with my body. I went through a very deep you know chronic disease process, and it really wasn't until. I moved further into adulthood, I was able to move away from my family and I started to see that my body could repair itself. And Mm -hmm. that, that really led me down the pathway of somatics initially to say that there has to be some connection between what my mind is processing and what my body is representing to me. And I really just, I dabbled, I dabbled in that space. I was like I said, I came from a nursing background. I was fascinated with the human body, fascinated with this idea of the body has an ability to heal itself. And there's a emotional or a psychological component to doing that. And how do you unlock it? But I, I was definitely not in the spirituality space. I was science. I appreciate yeah. spiritual concepts, but I was like, that's not my realm. And it wasn't until I had my previous business before this which in the astrological terms it was during my saturn return um, mm. so it, it was horrific it's just horrific and uh, again significant adult trauma repeating the themes of abuse that i'd had through childhood financial abuse threats you know extreme emotional damage my mental health suffered my body, which had physically repaired itself remarkably, then went downhill again, and my system started to fail and go into these really stress induced disease processes. And mm. coming out of that, coming out of that journey, I felt like I had absolutely no choice but to investigate trauma. I had to because there, there was just such a volume of trauma, then in my life <laughs> to go through. It
1: overflowed, like, it widely presented itself. Thank you, Saturn. <laughs> correct. <laughs> so appreciate that shadow.
0: Good of you, good of you. And I think that for some of us, that's the, the crisis point that we need to reach. I don't think that that's the case for everyone, but I think certainly for some of us, we develop capabilities around traumatic experiences, around belief systems and and patterns that are not helpful for us. And we can, we can loop. We can continue the rest of our lives in those patterns. And I firmly believe that we get nudges, just sometimes small, sometimes really, really big. And I got a really big nudge and that left me with no choice but to say I either succumb to this as a victim and this will really determine the rest of my life if I continue to go down this path of ignoring what has happened to me and ignoring how it's playing out or mm-hmm. I exit from my life essentially exit from my normal social circles and my career and everything that I've expected of myself and I just dive headfirst into this and that that was when I landed I suppose in, in the spirituality pool I Golly, there's so many things. I looked into meditation. I'm a meditation and breathwork practitioner. I started really looking into the concepts around energetic frequencies. I have always been enamored by how trauma shows up in everything. That your trauma is a, it's a finicky little beast, right? (laughs) The way that your central nervous system holds it, the way that your emotions are processed, and I. that over time I just blended it I blended Mm -hmm. it all together and human design has been one of many one of many tools that I've used and I think it's given me some great language to do very deep cellular healing work for myself yeah I I guess that's kind of the journey up until now I wish it was a more straightforward story hey like a (laughs) one two three step (laughs) I did this and
1: this and then here I am but I think it's always it's always complex yeah, we always have a winding road. That doesn't make sense for it to be straightforward. Yeah, that's not the human way. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> we gotta go backwards and forwards and left and right and, oh, wait, let me try this over here. And, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I think
0: that there's a challenge for all of us, especially in business, when these days in my business, the things that I deal with are mine my money traumas, they're my money stories, they're my limiting beliefs. And so I can work on myself with that and then that has an impact on my business. But Mm -hmm. for some of us, we have a history in business or even in a professional career where it hasn't been our money trauma and our money story that's created these wounds. It's been the influence of other people's money trauma Mm -hmm. that has come onto us. And that is certainly a very challenging dynamic. To live through and on the flip side creates the possibility of so many lessons available in there
1: yeah and that just parallels everything in regards to our trauma like when you get entrapped by the narcissist let's say it's just romantically and you have everything it's like well the reason that there is that attraction is they have damaged wounds they have trauma And they want you to continue to parent them and to lift them up and to be like that source of supply of, you know, their highs of being able to control you, like all the things that they need, right? To fill that hole for their trauma. And you're like, this wasn't mine, but somehow I've taken it on because I'm now sucked into the vortex. It's like, it doesn't matter what it is, money, sex, you know, relationships, all of that, you know, parental, familial, it It just is, and it affects you emotionally yeah. different ways, but the same, yeah, well, it's the concept of collective mirrors, right, and that mm.
0: I think that in spiritual spaces we've been very good in recent years of of talking about you know this gives you an opportunity to heal and and these experiences that you have of mirrors and these difficult relationships give you access to parts of yourself, but i I think that what we don't acknowledge enough is just how excruciatingly painful those experiences are in the moment and in the, this human reality mm. of I just had to go through that with this other person especially when it involves people that you love in intimate relationships you know there's a yes. that the wounds are deep and they're hard to journey through
1: yes yeah I think in family it's extremely difficult and I can't even imagine in business I had someone who always tried to foil a previous business I had and she was serious sociopath total crazy and I you know it's like it's just devastating like it just was really depressive so it's heartbreaking no matter what it's hard yeah humans can yeah. hurt each other Thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah, we, I always try and talk about how we can heal, how we can move through it, but holding space for that, your feelings are valid. Like this sucks. Yeah, well, it does. Absolutely. So let's dive a bit more into the human design chart and like how, in the perspective of someone finding themselves, right? Waking up to that they've been in this emotionally abusive relationship they need to find themselves i feel like that's really the true key right and how does human design help them with that in their chart you know i think there's really two there's two lenses that you can look at that through
0: the easy way would be to say look at your own chart and discover yourself right you can certainly find your areas of energetic strength because human design is a blueprint it's an energetic blueprint So there are hundreds of different areas within your chart that you can look at to say, oh, this is mine. Yeah, this is the person I'm designed to be. Oh, I'm a projector. Great. I'm here to guide people. I'm here to teach people. Or I have a defined throat. I'm here to speak and be heard. Or I have a defined sacral center. I'm here to really trust my gut instinct and be very responsive and be very creative. There are a plethora of areas that, you know, pick one, pick a rabbit hole and go down. But even within that, there are all of these areas of openness within your chart that are designed to show you where are your pattern of terrible behavior, potentially, where are your aspects of places that you've been hurt, of patterns of behavior that are not serving you and potentially not serving people around you. They're the much harder places to look at, of course, (laughs) But on the the flip side, I think that the other lens to look through is that you can look at other people's chart Mm -hmm. and see where have they got an energetic frequency that is kind of stop gapping for me, where I've got these areas of openness that have been too hard for me to acknowledge, or I haven't had the tools to fully acknowledge them. Where might the people in my life be energetically filling those things for me? And it's Mm. remarkable how much that shows up in dysfunctional relationships, whether that's, you know, a a partnership relationship or it's business or it's friendships or whatever it is, we have an attraction, a natural unconscious attraction to people who energetically connect the dots for us. And that can be a beautiful thing when you're both self-aware and we get to kind of borrow energy from each other and human design shows us how to do that. But it can, it can also be a very toxic thing where, you know, their wounding is meeting your wounding and there's that initial familiarity with each other. You know, these people that you meet that you think, wow, they're just, they're amazing and they make mm-hmm. me feel so connected and so seen. And when that stumbles down into, hey, this relationship is not great anymore and now I don't feel good and I feel like they're triggering me and I'm triggering them and our communication is not good usually that indicates that you've kind of met wounding with wounding in the human design <laughs> language so
1: Ooh, so the defined yeah. which are colored in centers they're coloring in your open
0: absolutely and yeah I, I yeah. was thinking
1: about them also like the white open centers being more like mirrors do you think that they could be like mirrors? Just like we're talking about how an empath and a narcissist, like that is you are attracting each other because they are you're mirroring each other. You're, you're seeking something outside of yourself, both for similar reasons, but it manifests differently. One yeah, becomes a victim, course. one becomes the, the predator. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, within human design, there's other spaces too. We have, in a deeper level, we've got gates and channels and you can be attracted to somebody with a gate that you have missing, that connects up a circuitry for you. That's pretty profound when you can see that in someone else's chart. On the energy centers, the way that I like to view it is, is if we see energy centers as a room and a defined energy center, one that you've got colored in, doesn't matter what color it is, as long as it's colored in, that's like a closed room, right? So the doors are closed, the windows are closed. Everything in that room is exactly how you want it to be. So Mm. it's got the couch that you like. It's got the cushions that stay on there. Your children never take the cushions off and never leave them on the floor. You know, the room smells nice. It feels nice. It's the right temperature. This is your easy place to go to. In fact, so easy that you usually don't even think about it. It's just there. Mm. But you're not open to outside influence in that space. It's just yours. Which can be good
1: and bad, right? There's this good, like, I'm confident, the good side. And then there's the shadow side where it's like, I know everything and nobody knows anything.
0: (laughs) Correct. Correct. I'm not available for growth in this area because I think I'm so good. Yes. Yes. And then an undefined or an open energy center is like a room that is a big warehouse and it's got all the doors and all the windows open and it's kind of dusty you know, and, and not so comfortable and easy there. And every time somebody walks past the outside, they make noise and that Mm. comes in, or maybe they might throw things into the warehouse and it gets, you know, it's garbage, it's discarded on the side. That's the experience of your open or your undefined energy centers. It's, we are not just mirroring each other in those centers. That's the beauty of those centers is that you can mirror, you can reflect. Mm-hmm. You can hold a lot of space in that warehouse, but there's no filter. There's no boundary. So for example, I am an undefined emotional center. So my emotional center doesn't have definition. When I am around people with a defined emotional center, my energy center simply absorbs their emotion and turns the volume up on them. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a way of processing other people's emotions because my body is not designed to do that. So the conditioning pattern there is: I feel like, oh, I need to be responsible for other people's emotion, right? That's this has really been the empathic pattern within my life. Oh, I feel the intensity of their emotion. I feel the intensity of their anger, their rage, their sadness, their tension, their discomfort, even their joy, their mania, their excitement, and I'm swinging with them Mm -hmm. so i because it's uncomfortable for me to swing with them i always want them to be happy Mm -hmm. always want them to be pacified because that's the best thing for both of us here and of course you can see how somebody with a defined emotional center feeling all of those emotions within themselves who happens to be around an undefined emotional center person then says oh when i'm around this person i just get to offload all of my emotions and they deal with it for me Mm -hmm. they've helped me through this and so we it's within the human design context it's very easy for me to see how we get this narcissist empath relationship happening so frequently in so many different arenas in our lives and we're not even aware of it really
1: and that's the key is the unawareness and when I discovered that that helped me so much I also have an open And I would take on the responsibility of everyone's feelings, like to the point this needs to stop. Like I I am surrounded in my house. All of them have defined solar plexus.
0: So
1: I'm like, okay, we got to figure out how to build up this energy shield so I can hold space for you, especially my toddlers, be able to hold space for you, not feel it but to be able to just like be there for you and allow you to feel it, not fix it, just let the wave pass over. And That was a big lesson for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can mirror this for you and I can reflect this back to you to give you an opportunity to become stronger in this yeah. energetic frequency that you've got going on, but I, I can't absorb it for you and I can't process it for you. And that's certainly for those of us who are unemotional, That's a profound shift within our human design journey.
1: Yes. And only when I discovered it, could I do that? So I I feel like even just the knowledge, right, bringing that up to set the intention of like, okay, my, my shield is up, you know, my empath, protection, aura shield is up. I love everybody. My light is out. Like you said, I can mirror that empathy for you. I'm really sad for you but I'm not going to take it on and actually feel the sadness and then try and fix it by thinking of a hundred solutions for you because that's their journey. Yeah. We don't,
0: we actually don't do anyone any favors in that exchange, do we? Mm -hmm. Because it, it cripples us and paralyzes us and it teaches others to not process their own emotions. And that's really where their emotional intelligence comes from.
1: Yeah, you have to feel it to heal it. I'm gonna This is the third time this week that I've heard it and said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a message. It's coming through. It's seriously an angel message. <laughs> yes, you have to feel it to heal it. And this brings up a point. Even I was having a conversation with a friend today, having some difficulty with someone who had narcissistic traits. And she's like, I feel bad. Like she knows she has to draw this boundary and have her, Be removed from her sphere but I feel bad because she she coached her and she's trying to help her this is what we do as empaths Mm -hmm. but I said you you're not helping her by not drawing the boundary and following through with the consequence she won't ever wake up
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and that's the same thing with your romantic partner with your business partner anyone who's narcissistic
0: yeah yeah and admittedly I mean we're human so every one of us has an element of narcissism to us right we have the ability to be self-focused and true narcissism is is much more toxic true narcissism mm. is is relentless and yeah. consistent and there really is no boundary other than a solid one it's you know <laughs> here is the brick wall right in front of my face and that's we that the brick wall will never come down it will never move But I do think that as a society, we're getting better with this, but we need to continue to move into this place of understanding the expansive nature of things like boundaries and understanding that these are an offering of love to ourselves and to other people because what they allow for is growth. They allow for even exchange. And I just recently made a new friend. Boundaries are a big part of my journey. And I just recently (laughs) made a new friend who, you know, we're getting to know each other and he's a wonderful human and very open and kind and compassionate and intelligent. And then unconsciously crossed my boundaries because he stopped communicating in responsiveness. He got busy with other things, was making commitments and then not following through with the commitment, Mm -hmm. which for me is a heartbreak. If, if somebody makes me a commitment, I need them to follow through and I need them to stay in communication because uh, mm-hmm. that's a value. That's a value of mine. And so, you know, I it, again, this is one of those like, oh, it sounds so nice on the outside, but in reality, it's kind of sticky to have these conversations, especially with new people in your life. Like yes. we can talk about boundaries till the cows come home, but until you sit down and actually have a boundaries conversation with somebody in your life. You don't know how confronting that really is. <laughs> <It's
1: hard. laughs> it is.
0: It is. And so we were able to have a loving conversation where I said, These are my boundaries, and this is why they are my boundaries. And if you don't want to be part of this experience with me, that's okay. You know, I can love you and we can graciously kind of exit this friendship that we've been part of. Or if you're going to stay, this is what I need from you. And what that really led to, thank goodness, because it doesn't always lead to beautiful outcomes, but what that was really able to create was an immediate closeness. There was then a reciprocity for that mm. and, you know, an understanding between us of this is how we love each other better. So there's now more honesty and more intimacy and more expansion between the two of us because of that, that boundary discussion. So. Yeah. I think, I just, I really think boundaries is, it's the road. It's the road that we're all learning to take. And we're kind of toddlers at it at the moment, but we're getting <laughs> there and it's very necessary.
1: It is. I was just thinking when you were talking, it's like, you know, pruning the rosebush. You can't have fresh new rosebuds growing if you don't prune back your rose bush, And that's the same thing with making room for new opportunities, new friends, and at the time, if the pruning does mean that it's an uncomfortable situation, like you said, it's still growth and expansive. It either gets cut off and discarded or that one little leaf stays and, t- and another branch grows from that leaf. But you have to look at it and you have to address it. You can't just ignore it because it won't fix itself. No, it'll die.
0: It'll shrivel up and die. And then your energy is going into trying to either ignore or maintain this dead thing in your life. And it's it's not valuable
1: for anyone. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's not fun. That's not a fun place to be. Because even while you're trying to resuscitate the dead plant slash relationship, you yourself are dipping into your shadow self because you're starting to do things that they would do like control or manipulate to like try and get them into your sphere or chase them or accuse them or all the things you know that i i'm just speaking out of personal experience
0: (laughs) oh no i'm there with you yes i yes ma'am present
1: (laughs) you know this is part of being a human as you experience it to be able to teach it and to share it and for other people to see it and awaken as well
0: (laughs) yes very much so
1: mm. are there any other places in the human design chart where you would see empathic tendencies like subconsciously
0: yeah certainly you had what we call a profile in human design so these are two numbers so really within the human design structure most people will represent themselves as a label like most systems do where it's your profile it's your inner authority, which is your decision-making center within your body. And then it's your energy type. So you might be a 3-5 emotional generator or a 5-2 splenic projector. Okay. So we kind of always have these three things together. Each one of those will lend you in kind of one way or another in the context of, of being empathic. We do see energy types that are more empathic than other energy types projectors and reflectors certainly are more Mm -hmm. empathic than others your your authority so we have seven different authorities in human design most people are emotional authorities that will lend itself as well to do you naturally see yourself as an empath or do you not because most people with an emotional authority don't tend to struggle with that experience it's everyone else that has an undefined emotional center that struggles with the empathic connection Mm -hmm. and then the the profile we have six different profile numbers and certainly within some of those profile numbers we see people who have more of a tendency to be in empathic exchanges or identify as an empath so uh, I personally am a four six both of those numbers are very connected with people The four line is all about intimate relational connection. The value is the meaningful exchange with people. Mm. I have always identified as an empath because for (laughs) me, relationships and the level of love and connection and intimacy in those relationships determines the value of me as a person. Mm. Yes. The line six as well is very observant. It observes the patterns of human behavior and then says, let me share this wisdom with you. Let me show mm. you what I've seen, but there's a vulnerability to that because I'm sharing these things with you based on my own experiences, on the wisdom that <laughs> that I've fought for and that I've won. Mm. Line sixes tend to be pretty empathic. Mm. And then the line twos are probably the other people that lend towards it. The line twos are introverted. We call them the hermits. They're They need their own space, but they need that for this this creative sensitivity. They're very vulnerable. These are the people that create conceptual creativity, right? So usually interior designers, graphic designers, architects, artists, (laughs) artists, musicians, yeah, actors. But you need your own safe space within yourself in order to express that creativity. So for line twos, then putting that out publicly and letting people see that is a very emotionally vulnerable place to be and so they become Mm -hmm. hypersensitive and hyper aware of how people are responding to them how people are treating them whether they're approved or rejected whether they're seen and recognized so certainly I think the twos the fours and the sixes all the even numbers are (laughs) the ones that would lend themselves more to the, the empathic behaviors
1: oh yeah what about in the centers Anything open or no? I I think that like we've discussed, wherever you have an open or an undefined
0: center, Mm. you're going to mirror. You're going to absorb other people's energies, Mm. mostly unconsciously, but that can spiral you in just... It's an intensity. It's a a space that says, I am feeling your energy at a higher volume than you are feeling your own energy. And Mm. so this can be exquisitely expansive or exquisitely painful for me <laughs> to do that depending on who I'm around the emotional center is is always going to be the biggest one because mm-hmm. if you are undefined there you will feel other people's emotions you just you will there's no way to stop it, it you just need to work on boundaries The spleen, on the opposite side, the spleen deals with fear processing. I'm a splenic authority, so I don't know the experience of having an undefined spleen. For me, the spleen is always switched on and always available. But I know for people who have an undefined spleen, the challenge is that they absorb other people's fear and they they turn up the volume on other people's fear. And then, of course, in an unconscious state, respond to eradicate other people's fears, to diminish that sense of fear happening around them so it's more comfortable. The sacral center probably also plays a role. Most of the world are sacral beings. About 70% of the world have a defined sacral center. And so they're creative, they're responsive, they have a lot of physical energy. That's a consistent, reliable source for them. For those of us that are non-sacral, the remaining 30% that are non-sacral, we feel the decibel of that we feel that sense of uh, I can't keep up I need to Mm. push myself harder I will miss out if I can't keep up with other people and I I think you know that creates an interesting dynamic in relationships between sacral beings and non-sacral beings where the sacral being says but this is the standard because this is how I feel all the time and you should be able to do this too and the non-sacral says well, there's something wrong with me that I, mm-hmm. I can't keep up with that. And, and we often do see power struggles between sacral beings and non-sacral beings, really just from a misunderstanding Or you guys have lots of energy, but the rest of us don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I literally just had exactly what you said earlier with my oldest. <clears throat> she said those, she's always saying those exact words, like, I feel so left out because I can't keep up doing the math problems that my friends can do so much faster. And I don't want her to, like, have the excuse that she can't be like, oh, that's okay, you're, you're a projector, so you can't. I'm like, I don't want to, like, put her in that box either. So I try not to say too much because I know what's happening. Yeah, well, it's it's mm-hmm. an illusion.
0: It's all right. an illusion. It's the the veils, right, that it's yeah. – We think that if we can keep up with sacral beings – I'm a non-sacral sapral if,
1: mm-hmm. if we
0: can keep up with sacral beings, then everything will be good. If mm-hmm. we could just have that – Thing that we don't have, that everyone else has, then everything would come together, right? And, and we see this pervasively through the online business space with everything. This is just this—the online business space is just this big, noisy cave of people saying, yeah. "I've got what you need." Oh, good! That's the thing that I need. That's going to make it work. And then we get that thing and say, "Oh, actually, that's not what I needed. That didn't help <laughs> me. That was <laughs> that was not real." So yeah. for non-sacral beings feeling that sense of I'm missing out because I can't keep up and I can't move as quickly, we can either push ourselves to go fast and, and keep up and then we burn out mm-hmm. and we never receive that satisfaction that all of the sacrals right. are feeling or we say, okay, this is not a race that I ever need to run. I'm on a different pathway. And so I remove myself from these situations where I feel like that's an expectation of me.
1: Mm, I love that. I'll have to ponder on that what to tell her because she's like 90 percentile in math. Like she's like beyond, beyond, but like to do the basics things in class, she just can't do them fast, but she, she's got the advancedness, you know what I mean? So it's that beautiful dichotomy of, the non-sacral, but having that smartness. Oh, but uh, you, you said yes. yes, exactly. The projector, the very wise ones. Yes, yes, we love. I them. always ask her for her input. I do a really good job in like tapping into her, inviting her, her in. Yes, always. I always ask her for her opinion on a lot of things, and she is so wise. I'm like, yep, you're right. Let's do that. <laughs> and I always go with. I always go with it. <sighs> but what you were saying about needing and wanting more that's not just for the non-sacral. It's very, feels very intense for the non-sacral. But I know for me as a Jenner, I'm always like thinking, oh, I need to do this more. I need to do that more. Cause you're right. It's just like a saturated world of lots of noise and we need to crumble that system down so everyone can just be in community. I think that's the process that we're going through. It's just, (laughs) it's a bit messy while we go through it
0: (laughs) we've got a lot to break down before we really start rebuilding but we all chose to be here so onward! right
1: because the incarnation of the sleeping phoenix is coming it is 2024 it is we're on our way it's gonna be beautiful i'll have to do like a special podcast doing more research on that incarnation cross you guys because i keep mentioning it and all my listeners are probably like i have no idea what she's talking about (laughs) It's a very, it's a very deeply
0: layered area of human it design. Is. So we certainly and don't I, need I mean, to go down the, to that level. No.
1: no, but just envision the movie Encanto. Go watch it. That's pretty much it. Like things yes. are crumbling. We're going to pick all the pieces back up together as villagers in a community once again.
0: <laughs> That's pretty That's much That's the it. best analogy. That's perfect. Yes, we're all living through Encanto. That's exactly yes. what's happening.
1: We are living through Encanto. <laughs> the cracks are showing this is what's happening you guys it's okay <laughs> yes <laughs> oh gosh this has been so wonderful thank you so much holly for your wisdom and for your time where can everyone find you? What, do you what do you've got going on these days so
0: if you're a manifester or you just want to observe a whole bunch of manifestors together which is pretty fascinating mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah. come just, just to watch <laughs> we are on instagram at the manifesto community And obviously I specialize in teaching for manifestors, but we, we certainly do some stuff as well for people who are parents of manifestors, partners of manifestors, Mm. you know, business partners, family members, friends of manifestors, because we're an unusual bunch to understand. I, in a very classic manifestor move, because we never stay in anything too long. So I've been building that community for a few years now, and I have just split myself also into a side project. Which is at I am Holly Herbig. And I'm just talking a lot about business, really going back to the basics mm. and the truthful foundations of this is what business is. This is what you need. This is what you don't need. It feels really refreshing for me mm. at the moment to be able to use my voice in a completely different face and, and in a completely different niche. So, really harness your line four energies. <laughs> very much. Yeah, very much. And, and drawing on all of those years of business experience that I, you know, have now able, been able to heal through and yeah. learn a lot through that. So yeah, if you're not a manifestor but you are in business, that might feel like the better space for you to join.
1: Beautiful. I'm going to definitely follow both of those. I have a manifesting generator in my life too. So does that, for people who know that, does that also apply like watching and observing manifestors? Because that's half of the profile of ManGen's. Yeah. It's similar. We have some similarities. Manifesting
0: generators are more generator than they are manifestor because uh, you've got that sacral drive going on and have the ability for responsiveness. It's an open aura. You know, there's a, a lot of dynamics that change there. But I, we have a lot of manifesting generators that hang out in our community because they feel a sense of familiarity with that sort of visionary, edgy, lone wolf, you know, <laughs> I'm in my own pack kind of element of their their nature and their energetic frequency. So yeah, there's definitely some crossovers.
1: Oh, beautiful. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being here. Amazing. I am deeply honored to bring you this show three times a week. And I'm honored that you show up and listen every time. Again this week, thank you for another beautiful review. Keep them pouring into the podcast. And if you've read my book, please write a review as it shows social proof because now there are so many empath and narcissist books out there on Amazon. Mine was one of the first five that I found and now there's probably 50. You can't start in your next chapter if you're rereading the last one. This is just one of the many beautiful spark reminders that I've drafted for you to receive every week if you wish to receive sparkle reminders just like this sign up to get this gift every Saturday into your inbox in the link in the show notes and also the bonus when you first sign up is you will receive the how to draw powerful boundaries workshop that isn't actually just about boundaries there's a lot of spiritual healing in there for your soul as well you can follow me at Instagram reach out say hello share with me how you're doing at Raven Scott show I am here for you perpetually on Instagram and this podcast. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. See you next episode.
0: Losing time, I'm fading
1: fast. I just want to make it last. Try to let go of the past. I close my eyes embrace the blast. Everything finds me at the perfect time. Madhvi is helping people clear emotions, trapped cords and subconscious beliefs every day through the emotion code. She is amazing. I'm personally working with her on my relationship refocus uh, after I've completed my abundance clearing and my God, it does is it working? It is so working and it's so amazing. I'm clearing out things like I feel safe to express my thoughts and feelings with my partner clearing out old connections, disappointments, trapped emotions from way back into my childhood with my sibling. And so if you have not connected with her, you must just try. Just have a conversation with her, 30 minutes free Q&A of like, what is the emotion code and how can this help me? And give it a try. It's free. So connect with her in the link in the show notes at www.modby.ca. Are you looking for ways to heal your heart from trauma? I am honored to be a guest on another Trauma to Triumph Summit hosted by a completely different person, Patrice Pugh, and she has a personal experience of trauma. She was held at gunpoint by her own son, who is now incarcerated, and she is making her tragic and so horribly sad story into gold, and she's helping others heal through trauma. This is a 14-day online summit you can do at the leisure of your own timing and in the comfort of your own home. From November 28th through December 11th, Patrice Pugh is taking you through different topics of how trauma does not define you, going from survivor to thriver, taming the bullying between your ears, and what I'm sharing is five stages of forgiveness. The best part is it's totally free. So get your free ticket for the Trauma to Triumph Summit today in the link in the show notes.
0: Stack. Restlessness to hell and back What's my purpose? What do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack
1: And sometimes you just gotta be-